Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday. Hope everyone had a terrific Memorial Day weekend. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Dot com And uh, joining us this morning on uh, this portion of the program is Kathleen Reardon. Kathleen is the executive director of the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits. And Kathleen, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ken. Great to have you with us. So tell us, uh, first of all, a little bit about the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits. Sure. The New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits um, exists to strengthen and give voice to New Hampshire's nonprofit sector. Uh, we are a membership organization with about 800 members um, who have um, mostly, they're mostly nonprofit organizations, but also businesses and individuals who share our belief that nonprofits are essential to our quality of life in New Hampshire. Well, no doubt about that. And next week, June 6th and 7th, it's New Hampshire's largest day of giving. That will take place in a 24-hour period. It's New Hampshire Gives. It's a 24-hour fundraiser that uh, generates millions of dollars in uh, critical revenue for hundreds of nonprofits. And uh, you had a very successful event in uh, 2022. Excuse me. Yes, Actually, um, so this is the eighth year for New Hampshire Gives, and over that time period, uh, more than $12 million has been raised by New Hampshire nonprofits during um, New Hampshire Gives. Last year, it was about $3.5 million, um, with 13,000 donors coming together and showing up for around 600 nonprofits that participated. Did you have it uh, during COVID as well? Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, And that's a a time when Granite Staters really rallied around nonprofits. Um, We, you know, we weren't sure. Um, Quite honestly, we had been planning for it. And then, you know, the world shut down and um, uh, we we uh, moved forward. And um, like I said, that was a time that uh, really Granite Staters rallied. And if you recall, in June of 2020, um, you know, people were still, many people were still at home and um, working from home, not, you know, not essential workers, but it was a time that most fundraisers were, in-person fundraisers were canceled, and yeah. so organizations really turned to New Hampshire Gives to boost their efforts. Yeah, and as, as you mentioned, just mentioned that uh, the nonprofits have struggled, many of them anyway, since COVID. So this is certainly a very important 24 hours uh, coming up next week. Yes, it is. It's, it kicks off um, on June 6th at 5 p.m. and goes till June 7th at 5 p.m. And nonprofits are already, you know, gearing up their plans. Um, some of them have secured uh, matches or are if they've got people that are doing their fundraising efforts for them and they call it peer-to-peer fundraisers so uh, people are starting to let their let their um, social media followers know to get ready for New Hampshire Gives they've um, updated their profiles and they're ready to go. 
Boy, I, I don't think a lot of people realize how many nonprofits there are uh, in this uh, state of New Hampshire. When you gave me the, the number a few moments ago, uh, I mean, I, I know that uh, uh, last year 575 nonprofits benefited from New Hampshire Gives, but I, I don't think uh, many people realize just how many nonprofits there are uh, in this state. Right, right. Well, there are about um, 6,500 501c3 charitable nonprofits that operate and uh, are located in New Hampshire. And then, you know, we have in New Hampshire Gives about 600 nonprofits this year are participating in New Hampshire Gives, just over 600. Mm. Um, so it's, a, it's, you know, it's not every nonprofit that participates. Right. Um, but you know it's a good it's a good number of organizations that are out there raising funds for their important causes and the neat thing about um New Hampshire gives is you really do get a sense of the breadth and depth of nonprofits we've got nonprofits from every corner of the state that are advancing really critical missions you know whether that is helping to feed the hungry or um helping children you know providing camps and after-school programs for kids, helping the elderly get to medical uh, appointments and serving meals, um, affordable housing, arts, the environment. Like, every cause um, and an issue is, is covered by nonprofits, and they're, they're participating in New Hampshire Gives. Yeah. That, that is uh, terrific. What, what is GiveGab, and what, uh, what is their role in this process? Oh, so GiveGab is... Um, a company that provides the platform, um, the secure online giving platform, which um, p- powers New Hampshire Gives. So they, you know, they make sure when you donate through New Hampshire Gives, it goes directly into that organization's um, accounts. So it's, you know, from from GiveGab to the to that, and they they manage all of the back end of it. Now, this, this is only 24 hours, June 6th, starting at uh, 5 p.m. until 5 p.m. on uh, June the 7th. How does the uh, donation process uh, take place? Is it is it all online? Yes, it is yeah. all online. Um, and so all, all you have to do is go to nhgives.org, and you can um, search by the, the organization that you want to support, or you can search by the community um, or the cause that you want to support and discover nonprofits there. And then you um, put in your information, your credit card information, and um, you select your donations. You can, there's like a shopping cart or basket type of feature, so you can select multiple organizations yeah. and, and whatnot. And throughout the day, there's some different, you know, incentives to, to keep things fun and interesting. Um, you know, for example, um, the donor that contributes at, 6.03 in the morning on June 7th, um, that nonprofit will get an extra $250. So, you know, there's some, some fun things to keep it going well, um, as well. Very, very interesting. So uh, you never know what to expect when you uh, log on to nhgives.org uh, during that uh, 24-hour period. Now, uh, I know the deadline has passed uh, for this year, but uh, what is the, uh, the criteria for getting uh, a nonprofit involved in uh, New Hampshire Gives? So um, any nonprofit who is um, in good standing with the charitable trust unit uh, can participate. Um, there is a sign-up period, as you've noted, which is passed. Um, and, you know, they, they basically just 
sign up um, through nhgives.org. If people um, have missed it and want to learn more about it, we encourage them to sign up for the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits newsletters um, because we promote it. We started um, getting organizations involved um, in February of this year. Um, it's a pretty straightforward process, um, and we, you know, we, we love to have people in, engaged. And one of the things that happens, part of why we encourage people, organizations to sign up early, is that we do a number of training programs to help people understand um, some of the strategies around online giving and um, being successful in a giving uh, day. So, you know, really helping nonprofits to communicate what their story is, you know, how the giving is going to make an impact for their organization and for the causes that they're trying to advance. And so we try and help them really make the most of this 24-hour giving event. Absolutely. Uh, Is is there a cost for a nonprofit to be involved? Yeah, there is a a modest um, fee to participate, um, which supports um, the support some of these incentive prizes, supports the um, um, the training and other kinds of ways that we're supporting this, the, the uh, GiveGab service um, and, and, and those things. Very good. Uh, we're joined this morning by uh, Kathleen Reardon. Kathleen is the executive director of the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits and a big event coming up next week, folks, June 6th and 7th. It's called New Hampshire Gives, and it's a 24-hour fundraiser. Generated a lot of money uh, last year, as it has uh, throughout their history, but uh, $3.5 million last year for 575 nonprofits. Kathleen, can you stay with us for a couple of minutes? Sure can. All right. We'll be right back with uh, Kathleen Reardon, the executive director of uh, the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right after these words here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And joining us on this portion of the program is Kathleen Reardon, and she is the executive director of the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits, New Hampshire Gives, coming up next week, June 6th through the 7th, 24 hours, 5 p.m. on June 6th through 5 p.m. on June the 7th. Uh, last year generated a lot of money. Three and a half million dollars has been uh, very successful. Uh, do other states do similar things? I mean, it. Uh, I know it's been going on what eight years in New Hampshire. Do other states uh, do things like this, Kathleen? Yes, yes. In fact, uh, many um, many other states have giving days. Sometimes they're not a whole statewide. They may be a community. Um, like a, a region of a state or um, or could be a state, but yeah, there are, are other giving days and 
Um, can't say that we invented them. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been very successful, no, no doubt about that. Well, what, are, what are some of the reasons to give through uh, New Hampshire Gives? I mean, you can make uh, contributions uh, anytime, really, to a charity, uh, nonprofit uh, of your choice. Uh, but uh, why give through New Hampshire Gives? Well, I think one of the exciting things about New Hampshire Gives is it's really a way to celebrate um, the impact of nonprofits, you know, as a community. And it's a way to sort of participate in something that is bigger than one single organization and showing your support um, for the sector as a whole. Um, During New Hampshire Gives, if you go on the site, um, you'll see leaderboards and you'll see um, how the funds are are, um, rising throughout the day or throughout the 24 hours. And so it's really kind of an exciting way to be a part of something. And you see how many other donors are participating. Um, And, you know, just like you said, you you certainly can contribute to nonprofits at any time. But this is that one time that we really are sort of coming together um, across the state as one and showing um, that support. And, you know, you can share on social media after you've made a contribution um, that you are part of the day. So it's it's really about uh, bringing people together as one community. Yeah, and I think sometimes, uh, Kathleen, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I need kind of a, a sense of urgency uh, to, to get things done. So the, the 24-hour period uh, is good because I think it gives people, you know, who tend to put things off, procrastinate, as it were, to, uh, to do it within that 24-hour period. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, that is part of why it is a, it is a giving day, is that sense of urgency and, uh, you know, that way to rally people around deadlines. You know, there are, um, there are prizes as well for the nonprofits um, who raise the most dollars online and who have the most unique donors. Many nonprofits who participate really encourage that. They encourage that the more that participate to help them reach their goal, um, you know, and support whatever they're raising the funds for, um, that participation is so important and uplifting to organizations who are on the front lines addressing our community's needs. As you mentioned, there's uh, some friendly competition that goes on between the nonprofits when it, when it comes to uh, participating in uh, New Hampshire Gives. So it, it, it makes it, uh, you know, kind of a, a competition and, uh, you know, I, and, and very competitive, I would think. Yeah, well, and that the, you, you emphasize friendly competition. And there's two things I'd say about that. One is the competitive spirit certainly does help um, get uh, some donors off the sidelines, right? Because you can say, like, hey, we're really going after this, and we just need five more, um, five more participants, or we need, you know, we need this, right? So it does help rally donors. And then um, the nice thing about New Hampshire Gives, as I've mentioned, it's, it's all of us working together. So oftentimes you'll see nonprofits saying, please support us, support any nonprofit you care about, right? Please show your support for the community. And so it, it does have that very friendly aspect to it as well, um, that we realize uh, it's important for people to get involved. No doubt about that. New Hampshire, nhgives.org uh, is the uh, the website to use for donating uh, next week, the 6th and 7th of June, beginning at 5 p.m. on June 6th and continuing 
for uh, 24 hours. Uh, now, what forms of payment can you use to, uh, to donate? Yeah, you go right onto that website and you donate with credit cards. Simple as that. Exactly. Uh, all right. So now, and a lot of people are, are always concerned about this, of the um, amount of the donation uh, that is made to a, a nonprofit during uh, New Hampshire Gives. What is the percentage that actually goes to that, that organi- organization, you know, uh, after, after fees? Um, the... Well, it depends, um, and the reason I say it depends is that one of the options that NH gives gives is that when you check out, um, it will allow you to cover the fees. Okay. So in that case, a hundred percent will go um, to the to the organization, and then um, if you don't cover the fees, I, I'm I'm not quite I don't know that number off the top of my head. Okay, um, but it's really clear in the checkout process. Um, it's a very minimal. It's a credit card processing fee and a fee for the platform. Okay, so you can you'll you'll get that information when you uh, when you donate, and uh, I'm I'm sure there are many uh, nonprofits who uh, would like to get involved that aren't involved this year. What would be the uh, the process of uh, getting involved for next year? Right. So um, there are over 600 nonprofits that are already involved this year, but for those who um, are just hearing about this, um, I encourage them to go on to nhnonprofits.org and sign up for our newsletters, um, and they can be notified about the sign-up period next year. Um, but, you know, we're also just, just check in as well. Very good. Well, Kathleen, any, anything else you would like to add about uh, what's going to take place uh, next week? It's an exciting event, and uh, June 6th and 7th, beginning at 5 p.m. on the 6th. Just log on to nhgives.org. Anything you'd like to add, Kathleen? No, I would just I would just like to say, you know, thank people in advance. We know Granite Staters are very generous, and we are hoping to have a great turnout uh, again this year for New Hampshire nonprofits. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I do think that uh, uh, New Hampshire residents are, are very generous and very philanthropic. I mean, there have been surveys in the past that have not put New Hampshire up there very high on that on that scale. But uh, I, I seem to think that uh, they are very generous and not only uh, giving of their money, but of their time as well. So I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathleen Redden, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Well, ha- happy to be here. Thank you so much. All right, Kathleen Redden, the executive director of the New Hampshire Center for Nonprofits. And again, and I'm sure we'll mention this again uh, before the event itself, June 6th and 7th from 5 p.m. June 6th to 5 p.m. June 7th. It's New Hampshire's largest day of giving, and last year, $3.5 million raised for 575 nonprofits, all right here in the state of New Hampshire. Well, you know, uh, if you if you live in New Hampshire and uh, uh, watch TV, listen to the radio, which we hope you do, especially WKXL, uh, you know that the uh, wannabe presidential candidates have invaded uh, New Hampshire. Uh, The uh, primary season well underway, and uh, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, a persistent critic 
of uh, former President Donald Trump said he plans to decide whether to make a run for the White House in a week or so. This is from uh, Bloomberg News. Uh, Sununu said Sunday on the CNN State of the Union, the one thing I'm looking at is where I can be most effective. Sununu would join an expanding GOP field that most recently added Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Trump's top challenger for the 2024 Republican nomination. But a lot of folks in the race, including uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. And former Vice President Mike Pence is also uh, considering a run, as most of you know. Sununu, 48 years old, said his family supports him making a run. Money and support have been lined up, and he believes there's a pathway for him to win. But he said he's still deciding how he can best help the Republican Party during this election cycle. He said he may be more effective traveling the U.S., speaking freely, or serving as an independent referee, as he put it, during the New Hampshire Republican primary. Sununu said, I want more candidates to be empowered. Can I do that more effectively as a candidate? I just want what's best for the party. It doesn't have to be the Chris Sununu show all the time. He's running. He's running, folks. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, We will take a break and then a little reflection on what took place Monday night at the TD Garden. And if you don't know by now, folks, it was not a pleasant experience by any stretch of the imagination. Kale and Company continues after these words right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, 103.9 FM in the capital region of New Hampshire, 101.9 FM in Manchester and well beyond Bedford, Goffstown, Derry, Londonderry, parts of Wyndham, parts of Salem, you name it. And of course, the reliable signal that's been with us for 77, 78 years now, 1450 on the AM dial and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, last night, just if you're a Celtics fan, you know what took place last night. I know how miserable you are because I am too. We expected and I think we deserved a whole lot more than we got from our Boston Celtics Uh, last night, who were brutal, brutal from start to finish in every aspect of the game. Now, I know they have a built-in excuse. With less than a minute gone in the game, Jason Tatum twisted his left ankle 
And he was not Jason Tatum uh, last night. He was just, you know, like a shadow of himself uh, last night. But I think there were ways that they could have gotten around that, but they didn't. They were just dismal in, as I said, every aspect of the game, offensively, defensively, brutal. And you would have thought, you would have thought that they would have gained, they would have gained a, a lot of momentum after three straight wins, after coming back from being down 3 nothing in the series to Miami. They won three straight. That incredible finish on Saturday night when uh, Derek White tipped in a Marcus Smart miss at the buzzer to give the Celtics the win, 104-103 on Saturday night in Miami, home court. And I'll tell you, the guys who did the game on TNT uh, last night, the the analysts, the pre and post and halftime analysts, uh, Kenny Smith, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and Charles Barkley, and they've been around the NBA for a long time, the three of them. And they said they have never felt the electricity in any building like they felt last night at the TD Garden. The Celtics fans were out there, many of whom paid upwards of two and $3,000 per ticket to be at that game uh, last night. Some more, some a little less. But whatever it was, a lot of money to be there. Uh, They were in full throat last night, cheering on their Celtics. Uh, Paul Pierce was there, former Celtic, cheering them on. Rajon Rondo was there, cheering them on. Saw Bob Kraft in in the front row, the Patriots owner. Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager, was there uh, last night. But more than that, more than that, their faithful fans were there, as they have been. Every game throughout this playoff series for the Celtics, throughout the playoff season, where they struggled against Atlanta. They struggled but won against Philadelphia, and it finally caught up to them uh, last night, and they did not play well. In fact, I, I can't remember when, has, when a team has laid such a giant egg in such a big game. I mean, they were pretty much non-competitive all night, which leads to a lot of speculation. Now, first of all, during the playoff season, the Celtics were 5-6 and six at home. At home. 5-6. and six. That's where they should have dominated. If they were going to dominate anywhere, it should have been on their home court. Well, they didn't. All the Celtics had to do after Miami had eliminated Milwaukee was just win the home games. Just win the home games. And guess what? They would have won a championship. But they didn't do it. Far from it. They were 5-6 and six at home. And they had tremendous support. Uh, there was one point in the postseason, and I think it was maybe during the Philadelphia series, where there was some question about the fans not not being supportive enough. Well, that certainly was not the case. Uh, Celtics looking for more excuses. And uh, like I said, they had the built-in one last night with Jason Tatum going down. 
uh, very early in the ball game, but staying in, he played. He was a gamer, but they they should have put him in a better position to succeed. Really, he he played. He was not himself, but there were things they could have adjusted to their game plan to make him more effective. But they were just terrible on both ends of the court, offensively and defensively last night. Jalen Brown, second team, NBA All-Star. Eight, eight turnovers last night. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers alone in the game for the Celtics. The Miami Heat had seven turnovers as a team. Jalen Brown shot 8 of 23 from the field, 1 of 9 from three-point range. And in the offseason, he is going to be making a ton of money because of the fact that he made an NBA all-team, and he is going to get a lot of money. Now, will he get that money? The question is, where is he going to get that money? Will he get it from the Boston Celtics, or will the Celtics move on? On Jalen Brown, will they move on? On Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart? In my opinion, in my opinion, you have got to break this group up because for all the heralding they get about the Celtics having the best talent in the NBA, well, maybe, you know, maybe statistically during the regular season, maybe they do. I don't even know about that. But I will tell you this right now. After watching this series and the playoff season that Miami has had, I mean, and plus they have one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best, in Eric Spolstra. And the Celtics have an inexperienced head coach in, in Joe Mazzulla, so it makes a big difference. People who say coaching in the NBA doesn't make any difference, dead wrong. Dead wrong, because it obviously does. Eric Spolstra is a terrific strategist and uh, had that team going on all cylinders last night and throughout the playoffs. Look at what Miami has done. They knocked off the top seed in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, in the first round. Then they took on a very tough New York Knicks team and eliminated them. And now they have eliminated the team with the second best record in the NBA. The Boston Celtics. It's not just luck, folks. It just doesn't happen. And right now, if you want to take the top eight players from the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat, which eight would you take? I'd take the top eight from Miami. They play hard. They play tough. They're clutch performers. And I don't think I can say that about the Celtics. I really can't. And, you know, Tatum and Brown now have played together for six years. Six years. I think it's not a small sample anymore, folks. It's six years that they have played together. And in my humble opinion, they should not be playing together anymore. I think one of them, along with Marcus Smart, uh, has to go. I really and truly do. One of them has to go. you got to break up Brown 
and Tatum because they're not going to win you a championship. They've had six opportunities to do it, six years of Tatum and Brown together, and they haven't done it. They have not done it. And they have come up short a number of times in big game situations, like last year when the Celtics made it to the finals under uh, head coach Ime Udoka. They made it to the finals against Golden State, but Tatum and Brown were not good. They were not good. And the Celtics obviously did not win the championship. They've got to break them up, folks. Break up that Tatum and Brown combination. You can uh, dispose of Marcus Smart as well, as far as I'm concerned, because they have some uh, terrific guards, really, in uh, in Derek White and uh, also in Malcolm Brogdon. And uh, I, I think, and although Brogdon was hurt for the latter part of the uh, Miami series and could not contribute. I think uh, those two in tandem would be uh, terrific. And Peyton Pritchard never gets a chance, never gets a chance to play in key situations anyway. Well, it's going to be a very intriguing offseason for the Boston Celtics. And if they come back next year with the same core of players, guess what, folks? It's going to happen again. Same thing. They're going to break your hearts. They're going to break your hearts in Boston. They've been breaking hearts for years now. All right, we'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. Another tragic shooting last night, this time in Florida. Nine people were injured when gunfire erupted along a beachside promenade in Hollywood, Florida, sending people frantically running for cover along crowded beaches on Memorial Day. The nine people hurt Monday evening included six adults and three children, according to Yannette Obario Sanchez, a spokesman for the Memorial Healthcare System, all of the victims were in stable condition. But uh, another shooting this time in Hollywood, Florida. Speaking of Florida, we mentioned the Miami Heat and their win over the Celtics last night. Of course, the uh, NBA Finals will be getting underway on Thursday in Denver as the Denver Nuggets will be hosting the Miami Heat. Look out, Denver. Denver is favored. But you know what? Miami has been the underdog in every series they've played so far. And all they've done is win every series so far. So what do the odds makers know? Next to nothing. Next to nothing. No more than anybody else. Uh, I mean, you've got to credit the Miami Heat. As dismal as the Celtics were, Last night, it is not to take anything away from the Miami Heat. I mean, their players worked hard. They have worked hard throughout the postseason. Uh, something I cannot say about the Boston Celtics. They've uh, showed up from time to time. Uh, Jason Tatum's 51-point game in uh, the seventh and deciding matchup between the Celtics and the 76ers. Uh, you know, kind of uh, put a shine on things a little bit for one game anyway. 
But the Celtics have underachieved. Really, and I, I think that's the shameful part of it, that they have underachieved in the postseason. And when these players look back, when they're retired, I mean, they'll have millions of dollars, but they won't have a championship ring because they're not big game players. They don't hustle. They don't work hard on defense. Everything starts with defense. And the Celtics were a much better club defensively last year. They didn't win the championship, but they were a much better team defensively last year than they were this year. And no matter what it is, and no matter what the sport is, everything begins with defense. And the Celtics forgot about that, left that behind. And and not only not only didn't they play defense last night, they stunk out the joint on offense. And that's not going to win too many game sevens. And that was a harrowing experience for the, not only the people that were at the Garden who shelled out a lot of their hard-earned money to see that game last night, but just for anybody watching on TV or listening to it on the radio. I mean, it was just a harrowing experience for a Boston Celtics fan. So they've got to do something. They can't come back after failures, uh, you know, in, in, in previous years, including this one and last one, last year against uh, Golden State in the finals when they, they didn't show up for a few games. And uh, this series against uh, Miami was dismal. And, you know, they, they made a lot tougher work of the Hawks than it than should have been. And the same with Philadelphia and now Miami. I mean, I, I, it would not surprise me at all. I would not bet against the Miami Heat against Denver. I know on paper, on paper, Denver has a better roster. I mean, many would argue on paper the Celtics had a better roster than Miami. But you saw how it played out, folks. Celtics could have made history last night by becoming the first team ever in the NBA to rebound from a three-games-to-none deficit. But... Uh, apparently they, they weren't too excited about making history last night, judging by the way they played. At any rate, we'll see what happens in the offseason. It's going to be uh, an intriguing one because they can't, they could not, they could not come back with the same cast of characters as what we saw last night. You know, granted, the Celtics had a, a very good regular season. They did. The regular season is a different animal. The Milwaukee Bucks had a great regular season as well. They were eliminated by Miami in the first round. And how about this? The NBA, their Eastern Conference in the NBA Championship Series will be Miami. Miami representing the East, Denver out West, and in the NHL, the Florida Panthers, based just a short distance away from Miami in Sunrise, Florida, will be representing the Eastern Conference in the NHL final. The Vegas Golden Knights go to the final against the Florida Panthers. Vegas last night eliminated Dallas in Dallas 6 to nothing. So not only did Boston Celtics fans 
get their hearts broken by their team last night. The uh, Dallas Stars put up a horrible effort. Uh, and, that, and that game was over early. Uh, the Dallas-Vegas game was over in the first period, really, because Vegas came out smoking. And I have to tell you, I am rooting. I am rooting for Vegas uh, to win the Stanley Cup. Why? Why should I root for Vegas? Well, uh, two reasons. Uh, they do have two former members of the Manchester Monarchs on the Vegas roster in uh, defenseman Alec Martinez and goaltender Jonathan Quick. Quick really hasn't been a factor uh, in the postseason, however, but uh, Alec Martinez is still uh, playing very well for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And secondly, and, and really it's not secondly, it's actually firstly why I'm rooting for Vegas, is for Bruce Butch Cassidy, their head coach. You remember him? He coached the Bruins a little while ago. Bruins uh, unceremoniously uh, fired Butch Cassidy uh, after last season. Players, you know, these days have to be treated with kid gloves, and maybe maybe Bruce Cassidy didn't always wear kid gloves uh, coaching the, the Boston Bruins, as some players had, uh, I mean, public issues with the head coach of the Bruins. Well, you knew when he got fired by the Bruins last year for those reasons that it would take him, you know, maybe a couple of days to get a new head coaching job. Well, it took him less than that. It took him less than a couple of days for the Vegas Golden Knights to call and offer him a contract because they know what kind of a coach he is, how well he coached the Bruins for years. They fired him because some of the players had, had issues with his disciplinary ways and the fact that he's like an, an old-style coach slash manager. Uh, and some of these uh, new, younger players couldn't put up with that because they've always been spoiled. They've always been handled with kid gloves by their previous coaches. But uh, Bruce Cassidy gets results. And as a result, I think Vegas is going to win the Stanley Cup. I think the Vegas Golden Knights will win the Stanley Cup. Bring the cup to Vegas. How about that? And it would not shock me if the Miami Heat will uh, survive the Denver Nuggets and win the NBA championship. I wouldn't put anything against this Miami team. They're so well coached and uh, they're gritty. They're a gritty team. Maybe not the most talented team in the world. They are gritty. They have desire. They have uh, players that are, you know, obviously making good money, but they haven't made it to that next level quite yet, and they want to get there. But the most important thing is, under the guidance of Pat Riley, former Lakers head coach, who has now been with Miami and leading that franchise for 28 years, you know what success Pat Riley had with the Lakers. And he's had great success with the Heat. Uh, as well, I mean, their upper-level management is, you know, probably the best there is uh, in the NBA with Pat Riley and Alonzo Mourning in the front office and Eric Spolstra as their head coach. They have a, lead a leadership. Uh, they have experience. And, hey, I think they may have themselves 
an NBA title in the not-too-distant future. Well, we will uh, conclude this edition of Kale & Company. You know, it was very therapeutic for me <laughs> to get it off my chest. Hopefully, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you know you, you'll recover, folks. You'll get over it. You'll get over it. I know we're disappointed as Celtics fans and as Bruins fans. Both teams let us down in the postseason. But I know fans are resilient, sometimes more resilient uh, than the athletes themselves. That'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thank you very much for joining us. And I hope you can uh, join us tomorrow. If not, uh, tune in tonight after the uh, 7 o'clock update, and you can hear this show again. Who would want to miss my diatribe, right? Right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Make it a good Tuesday, everybody. Thanks for being with us.